This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is that time of the week to give you a car show. It's Cruise Control. And as usual, a show in three parts. My name is Rich Bradbury. Uh, Of course, I'm joined by my two bestest friends in the world, Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, and if I'm your bestest friend you ever said, live, my friend. <laughs> and of course, Ali Johan from uh, BFM. Say hello, Ali. Hello, both of you. Good evening, Daniel and Richard. Good to be on the show again. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you for inviting us back. Uh, now, of course, as we said, uh, showing three parts, we're going to start off with some local launches up in part one, part two, some global launches, and a bit of sad news, wrapping up with a car review at the end of the Sherry Yamada 5. Uh, kicking us off then, it is, of course, Uh, some local launches. What have we got, Ali? This week, we have two fresh SUVs by Sherry. They have arrived uh, and they are uh, the Sherry Omoda 5 and as well as a 7-seater, the Tigo 8 Pro. We're going to start with the Omoda 5 first. 1.5-litre TCI 4-cylinder turbocharged petrol engine. And what do you think of the Omoda 5, Daniel? Boom, (laughs) boom, boom. That's all I can say. Sherry has basically shocked the market. And I'll tell you why they shocked the market. They brought in a stylish, small, compact SUV, as you can see. It's two-wheel drive, so you can even call it a crossover, you know. Design-wise, it looks like a little bit like a squashed Lexus NX. Because the roofline is a bit lower, the angles are a bit sharper. Mm. And when they launched it and they gave the pricing, boom, everybody was shocked. You have two variants for the Omoda 5, 108,000 ringgit and 118,000 ringgit. Okay. So that puts it right in the same territory as the Proton X50. The current the current you know the, the current best selling model in the segment followed mm. closely by the new Honda HRV. Oh, this is tactical. Yes. The shocking part is Cherry also announced at the launch last week that they are giving a 7 year warranty. Now, that is an industry first. There have been other car companies who have offered longer warranties before, but it comes from an insurance provider or a third party where it's very difficult to claim. This is coming from the factory. So it's a seven-year, 150,000-kilometer warranty. Are they throwing the gauntlet down? What are they doing? Okay, let me continue before I answer your question. They also have a 10-year, 1-million-kilometer engine-only warranty. Hmm. Wow. So what they're saying is our engines will go for a million kilometers. Now, whether you and me are around to see that million kilometer is one thing. 10 years ownership on a car, possible in Malaysia. So Mm. why are they doing this? To answer your question, I think it's simple. They are confident in their product. Now, a lot of people after this news came out were saying, oh, you know, Cherry last time never looked after their customers. Will they be around for the next two years? Is Cherry really going to look after customers in Malaysia? You know, and, and so many other variants of this. Now, I don't think they're here for a hit and run, okay? Mm. Because mm. this is Cherry themselves opening an office here, right? Mm. This is Cherry themselves spending an initial capital of 170 million ringgit on a factory in Kulim. So by August, September this year, the cars will be rolling out. And if you do this kind of investment, you're not talking about one, two thousand cars. You're talking about a whole bunch of cars. On top of that, they've already got 
31 established dealers around the country, including Sabah and Sarawak. All this also means that they are making Malaysia their hub for ASEAN. So the cars that will be coming out of Kulim will also be exported to the ASEAN region. Mm-hmm. So these guys are big. We do have a review of the Sherry Omoda 5 coming up later on the show. Yes. Uh, and we'll know more about the car. And also, this is a big move for a company that's returning to the market. They are launching Correct. two cars from the get-go. That's the Omoda 5 and also the seven-seater, the Tigo 8 Pro. That one's going for a little under 160,000, Daniel. Um, how big is this? In terms of size, it's uh, slightly smaller than the Hyundai Santa Fe. Mm. It's slightly shorter than the new Proton X90, but it's taller than the X90. So in terms of uh, third row legroom, you might say it might have a little bit less than the Proton X90, but it's just 5,000 ringgit more than the X90, mm. Mm. which makes it very, very tempting. And why I say very, very tempting is because I think it looks really nice. In fact, if you take away the badge, if you take away the badge and put on any German engineered vehicle badge on it, nobody will deny it. Hmm. If you look at the pictures, am I right? Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. yeah. You know, I could even put a Ford badge on it, you know? Yeah, you could, yeah. I could yeah. put a Ford badge on it, I could put an Opel badge on it, you know, and, and no one will say, hey, it's not, you know? So in the design department, I think they've done a very good job. Of course, you know, they're using overseas designers. The stance of the vehicle is just right. And... You've got a really good powertrain and you've got features and, and, and safety features. Even for this, they're giving such a huge warranty package. Again, seven years, 150,000 kilometers. I mean, for them to do this, it means they're very, very confident. Throughout the time, you have to go back to them for servicing and, and maintenance. But that's the case with a lot of new cars nowadays. You want to keep your warranty, you go back to them for servicing and maintenance. Now, they will not be able to keep the customers happy if their servicing and maintenance is expensive. Right, mm. so they'll have to keep them also reasonable. Do you think this is them like learning from previous mistakes then, where people have been complaining? You know, oh, Cherry didn't look after their customers. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. And now they're like, okay, we heard what you said before. This is what we're offering now. Okay, so I did a bit of research, and in all the markets that they are selling these two vehicles, because some markets have different cars. For mm. these two cars, wherever it's being sold in a right-hand drive country like Australia and New Zealand. The same warranty package applies. Oh wow! So that means this is their global move. Wow! The Tigo 8 Pro comes in a two-liter turbocharged four-cylinder engine. It makes 256 horsepower and a staggering 390 newton meters of torque. Big, powerful car. The Tigo 8 Pro. We wrote about it, and we 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 even shared with you guys on BFM a few mm. a few months ago. The guesstimate price of a hundred and sixty thousand ringgit. So, yes. so now it's one five nine eight hundred. Not bad at all. Pretty close, there, eh, guys. Yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, cherries out of the way. Moving on, um, we're moving south a little bit to uh, South Korea. The Kia Niro EV. Niro, Nero. Depends where you come from. Depends how you want to pronounce it. We're going with Niro, though. Tell us a bit more about this. So this is the second generation, all new Niro EV. The second EV by Kia in our local markets uh, after they brought in the EV6. What's the size we're looking at here, Daniel? I would say in terms of size, it's about you know you know the previous Toyota Wish. Yeah, the wagon. Yeah, yeah, the wagon. It's a, it's about that size, maybe a bit shorter, but about that size. Mm. 
a little bit wider. Now, the Niro is also sold in other markets uh, with a plug-in hybrid and a mild hybrid and a full petrol version also. So this is the full electric version and Malaysia will only get the full electric version simply because of the tax incentive. Nice, nice. So with no taxes, and again, we guessed this price some time ago at 250,000 ringgit. So this time they've launched it at 255,888. Of course, it's 888. Yes. <laughs> so the Nairo EV comes to Malaysia still with the, the Bajaya Group, Dynamic Jaya, their, their subsidiary that does uh, Kia. Kia Malaysia is also here supporting the brand. So very good after sales and parts and everything else. But when you look at the Nairo and then you decide, you know, who are its competitors, this is the slight problem. Um, let me give you some specs first. It's got a 64.8 mm. kilowatt lithium-ion battery pack. Not bad. It'll give you 201 horsepower, torque of 255 newton meters. Top speed is 167. EVs are not supposed to go fast because they're supposed to conserve energy. Mm. 0 to 107.8 seconds. Again, it's supposed to be a city commuter vehicle. You get about 460 kilometers on a single charge, which is pretty good. Okay, That's decent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can reach Penang. Easily you can reach Penang. Mm. The only problem now is at 255,000 ringgit, if you pay another 45,000, you get yourself the Kia EV6 GT. Right. Now, that has got better driving distance. It's bigger. It's more stylish looking. It's a whole different class of vehicle. And, you know, if you're already going to pay 255, I think stretching it another 45,000 is not going to be a problem. I don't know. For me, it's a stretch. <laughs> but you're already tall, so you can stretch, you see? Now, <laughs> I look at this car. It's nice. It's got a lot of features. You know, it's got all the safety features. It's, you know, it's a new Kia design language. It's good looking. But somehow or other, if I'm going to pay a seven-year loan on a $255,000 EV, I will find a way to stretch it to the Kia EV6 GT. Right, right, right. That is the only reason I, I see uh, hindering great sales for this electric car. Really? Yep. Honestly, I, I think the the jump from two five five eight 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 up another forty five there. I think for a lot of people that's that's a big stretch. That's eighteen percent only. Yeah, but it's eighteen percent. Yeah, but over seven years, that's like you know an extra thousand ringgit a month. You know what's what's a thousand ringgit for most people? Well, you're earning way more money than I am. Clearly, of course, of course. <laughs> okay, okay. Now then. Let's take a short break. We've got some global launches coming up after the break. We've got a Hyundai, a Peugeot, and a little bit of bad news. Um, sad news, I should say. But don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll keep you positive until we can. It is Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. We've had some local launches. Sherry's have arrived, the new SUVs, and of course, the Kia Niro. Now, we've got some global launches here. Uh, we've got some Hyundai stuff. We've got some Peugeot stuff. What have we got first? First up is in India, they just launched Hyundai Exter, which is a small crossover SUV and this size of um, an SUV is very, very popular in Malaysia and I think in Asian markets in general, from the X50s to BYD Ato3s to Ativas to also the Sherry Omoda 5 very soon. So Hyundai has this product in India. Daniel, you think it's going to come here? 
I doubt it. I doubt it simply because, um, you know, India is such a big market right now and India is growing mm. faster than Malaysia in terms of car choices. It's a bit sad that, you know, they get some vehicles that we don't get. You know, previously, they had to wait for us, countries like us, Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia, to get new cars. Then only it's it's uh, taken into their market. Nowadays, you see their market getting the cars first, then, then maybe here. When I say maybe, because a lot of vehicles that are launched in India are not making a making it across here, okay? Mm-hmm. Especially the Renaults, the Hyundais, the Suzuki's and all that. But this Hyundai Exter, you know, uh, I looked at it, it's neither here nor there. It's like the Ativa size, you know? Mm. And it's got lots of features, lots of features, loaded with features, safety and non-safety also, uh, you know, technical features and all. But I think Hyundai can't hit the small car market in Malaysia. Because okay. you got you already got HRV doing so well. You got the Proton X50. You got now the Omoda Five. You know Great Wall is going to bring in their, their small SUVs very soon also. Mm-hmm. And then you've got you know Mazda bringing in small SUVs. So I think it's going to be tough for them. But we thought it'll be interesting news because you never know when Hyundai might say, "Okay, I'll bring in a few units CBU to test the market." Interesting. But Daniel, a couple of months ago they announced a similar size car, the Creta. Exactly. So the Creta and this is about the same size. Of course, this sits a bit higher. You know, it's a little bit bigger. So in terms of powertrain, it's going to be running the same thing as the as what is currently available, which is the 1.2 petrol engine. Now, that 1.2 petrol engine is not the most you know uh, exciting engine, but it'll it'll do its job. For Indian market, I think it's great because why traffic there is clogged all the time. It's it's just ridiculous. Mm. So you don't need a very fast vehicle, but you need something that's a little bit high for the inner cities, for the villages, and all that. So I think it's a nice compromise in terms of pricing. When we did our conversion, it's just below ninety thousand ringgit in Malaysia. Uh, with all our local taxes added. If they bring it in, you know, you've got to add all the marketing and, and logistic costs, maybe 100, 110, 120,000. Now, again, that market is too crowded in Malaysia, so I don't think it'll come to Malaysia. Next then, we've got something coming over from La France. Yes, over the weekend, Peugeot unveiled the E208. Uh, it's an electric-powered variant of the 208 hatchback. The E208 comes with a 154-horsepower electric motor with uh, 400 kilometres of range. A Peugeot hatchback, Daniel, we've seen this, but not an electric version in this country. Yes, now the, the 208, previously when they, when they launched it in Malaysia a long time ago, before the new dealership came in, it was under you know, Nassim, and then Nassim gave it up, and then so now it's under Bujaya Group. Now, the previous one was petrol-driven. It had an engine called a PureTech engine. It was very fuel-efficient, just enough power. But this new one, this new 208, is larger, it's chunkier. I think it's mm. a really attractive vehicle. I agree. The truth is, I never really liked the the other original 208. Yes. Um, but this thing, yeah, it, it, it looks aggressive. You know, the front looks aggressive. The rear looks really stylish. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The original the, 208 was just like, it, it looked like a kiddie car. Yes. <laughs> this is grown up. You know, this is mature. Yes, yes. And, and I like the fact that, you know, uh, you know, Peugeot has given it a very, very interesting interior. But more than that, this car, since it was launched globally two years ago, it's won countless awards. You know, it's won Imported Car of the Year in Japan. It's won uh, What Car Awards, Auto Car Awards, Red Dot Design Awards. It's just amazing. It's been doing so well. But it's not come to Malaysia simply because this is considered a small car. Our small car market has been dominated by Proton and Perdua. We know that, mm. right? Mm. 
And then you have one size up, which is Honda and Toyota with their Toyota Vios and the Honda City. Previously, you had the Honda Jazz and you had the Toyota Yaris. So when you bring a European car like this in, and, and do the conversion and everything else, they cannot compete with the Japanese brands. Now, if they were to local assemble, yes. But to local assemble, you need volume. Mm. The Japanese brands have volume. They have factories here. They have local uh, vendors and all that. So price point, very hard to play with. So I think Peugeot said we'll not play in this category right now. But that was the petrol version. What came out just a few days ago is the electric version, which you're seeing right here in the pictures, the nice lime green color. And if you look closely, you know, the, the, the badge, the Peugeot badge, this is the latest Peugeot badge. They've got a new badge. They got a new badge and it's more attractive. Now, with this new electric car means tax-free if they bring it to Malaysia and they can do CBU. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peugeot is here. They're very strong. They got the 3008 in the showrooms. They got the 5008 plus they got the land track pickup truck. And more recently, they had the Peugeot 2008. Now, the electric version of the Peugeot 2008, which is the E2008, is scheduled to be launched this year. Now, if my guess is right, this should also come. And if this comes tax-free it's going to sell well. Because in my book, this car can compete with the Mini Electric. Aha, uh-huh. yeah. It's got a 154 brake horsepower electric motor from a 51 kilowatt battery, which gives you about 400 kilometers of driving range, which is better than the Mini. Mm-hmm. And looking at the size and you know the, the power delivery and everything else, I think it'll, it'll give a Mini a run for its money. Yes, the Mini is cute, it's iconic, you know, there's a lot of uh, nostalgia towards it, but this Peugeot looks also good. Mm, it does. And look at that interior, guys. Very premium-looking interior, bucket seats and all, you know? Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Now then, onwards with some uh, sad news. Daniel, do you yes. want to leave this? This was really a shock because we've met this man, we've talked to him, we've even interviewed him, and over the years, we've respected quite a number of his designs. He's a very famous car designer, Peter Hobbery. He passed away recently, you know, and uh, he he'd done a lot of work with Volvo cars. If you see Volvo cars, the design is evergreen, you know. Mm. He was also involved with a lot of work when Volvo took over, sorry, when Geely took over Volvo and then also when they took over Proton. So he came under the Proton ticket. He met with us, you know. He was, uh, I think, lightly involved in the X70 design. Mm -hmm. But uh, at age 73, he has passed. So quite sad news. Uh, he was but, at you know, Ford for a little bit as well, wasn't he? Yes, yes. He moved around a little bit. But you must remember Ford also owned Volvo at the time. Yes, yes, of course. Of course. So it could well, be, you know, during the transition period, you know, his, his salary came from Ford, for example, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sad news indeed. Yeah. Yes. I always like Volvo's shape in the 90s, you know, very boxy and very imposing. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> till today, if you, if you look at those boxy shapes, if you put on a fresh coat of paint, nice set of rims, clean up all the rubbers, make them fresh, they don't look that dated, actually. Mm. I remember watching a TV show years ago when um, mm. they were using... Uh, it, it's a movie, actually, where they had taken people from, um, like, a, 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 a mental institution, shall we say, and they got these people in this mental institution to create uh, new brand slogans. And, it, <laughs> and so they were like, okay, create a brand slogan for Volvo. And um, the slogan was, Volvo, they're boxy, but they're good. <laughs> and I, I think that. I've heard of this actually, yes. <laughs> yeah, and it stuck with me up until this day. Just to yeah. let you know, boxy designs make a lot of sense because they, they use up all available space. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's sad news. Let's take a short break here on uh, Cruise Control. We'll be right back, though. Of course, uh, we do have a car review, and it is one of those cherries. It's the Omada 5. We'll be right back after these messages here on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, the business station. Welcome back to the third and final part of Cruise Control for this evening. Of course, you heard us mention them at the top of the show, uh, our local launches. The Sherry SUVs have arrived, and the Sherry Armada 5 is one of them. Daniel managed to get his hands on one, took it for a bit of a test drive. How long did you have this for, and what did you do with it? I had it for a weekend, Uh and I abused it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and why not because it's got a seven year warranty why not well I didn't abuse it I drove it around as you know any other normal test car I drive around now some of you might know this some of you might not know this Cherry was actually in Malaysia more than a decade ago what did okay? they sell back then they had a vehicle called the Tigo, which was basically looked like a, like a second generation Toyota RAV4 small SUV nothing special uh, they had a car called the Alado which was also nothing special. It looked like an old saga, you know? Mm. Okay. So between the Alado and the Tigo, they didn't do too well because after sales was a bit lacking. The local partner didn't stock spare parts. There was a lot of questions about, you know, uh, repair facilities and everything else. So the brand slowly disappeared from the market. Mm. And I think you can still see some MPVs, the Cherry Easter, still running around. Especially in smaller towns because now they're already, you know, second-hand 10, 15, 20,000 ringgit. So, they have not been around for more than a decade. Quiet. Meanwhile, Cherry in China have grown. And when I say grown, I'm talking about technology, design, uh, factories and everything else. They are a global brand. Yeah. I must emphasize the word global because Malaysia is not the first right-hand drive market. They've actually gone to the Middle East, to, to Africa, New Zealand, uh, Australia, uh, Thailand, they've gone around the globe. So they've got left-hand drive and right-hand drive. But you see, once you already have re- right-hand drive markets set up, it's easy for you to come into Malaysia because you don't have to develop a right-hand drive, right? So the yeah. Moda yeah. 5 is a global vehicle. So that means it's, it's for all these markets I mentioned and more. Hmm. Now, the car was launched on Thursday and they offered the car to me on Friday morning. Over the weekend, I said, why not? You know, and they said, you can take, you can choose which one you want. I said, I want the Omoda 5 simply because that looks like a bread and butter model for the, for the company. Also because it was the most talked about design when it was first previewed to us in yeah. December last year. And then also when they, they, they did the, the official launch in the KL Convention Center, the whole focus was on the Omoda 5 because of the design. Very simple engineering in this car when it comes to powertrain. 1.5 liter, 16 valve, DOHC petrol driven turbocharged engine okay working with a CVT automatic 156 horsepower not a lot of power 230 newton meters pretty decent the great thing about it is from the time you start the car you don't feel like the car has got a lot of power but there's never a moment of hesitation from the gears so driving in the city in heavy traffic it's got a nice linear feel but when you go out on the highway and you just want to hit a stop speed there is no hesitation from this engine so that's the good part of this engine. I don't think it's shared with anyone else. I think it's purely a, a cherry engine, like they said. I don't think the technology is taken from anybody else. I think it's something they've built in-house. And it's a very impressive drivetrain because it's also very quiet. Okay, yeah. So if you open the bonnet 
and the engine is running, it's idling, it's a quiet engine, which makes a difference for a lot of people because a lot of people, when they drive for car, not car enthusiasts, when they hear the engine whining past three to 4,000 revs, they say, oh, my engine got problem, my engine got problem, you know? But this one, you don't hear any whine or noise. You just hear a nice breezy momentum. So this is one good part about this new Cherry engine. Now, this 1.5 engine is also used across other models in the Cherry range, which will be coming to Malaysia. So you'll see them and you'll feel them very soon. So get into the car. Roof line in the rear is going to be tough for you, Richard, because it's sloping in the rear. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even though the seat position is low, with your height, you'll have to bend a little bit to get in. For me, no problem because I'm short. Ali is, you know, my height, so no problem getting in. Three in the back, no problem for legroom. There's enough legroom for three average adults. Not for you, Richard. Oh. Okay, because you're too tall. <laughs> <laughs> but when you sit in front, you'll be very comfortable. Okay? Okay. Yeah. Right. In the center, if you notice from the picture from the dashboard, there's two charging trays. Yeah. Now, what I like about these charging trays is it is actually sitting at an angle. So, while you're charging your phone, you can actually see who's calling you. Oh. Mm. You see, a lot of other charging trays, they're flat. Yeah. So, if you're driving, you have to actually lean forward or lean sideways to see who is calling you when your phone is being charged because you want to decide whether to answer or not. Mm. But this is at an angle, so it's very nice to use. Also, it's easy for you to answer a call because the angle is designed in such a way, it's easy for you to reach and answer a call while being charged. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I like all that features. Gear shifter, simple. Now, in front of you, dashboard-wise, very similar to what you find in modern Mercedes-Benz cars. Long screen. It actually looks like one screen, but it's actually two screens. So one is for all your infotainment, entertainment, car, tech, and everything else. The other one is just for your instrument display. Uh-huh. Then you've got a nice uh, multifunction steering wheel, flat bottom, very sporty, nice touch buttons and, and knobs. Everything feels premium. Nothing in this, in this Cherry or Moto 5 feels cheap. I'll tell you that. Now, okay. if you compare it to what's coming out of Europe, if you look at the lower price models of European cars... Direct competitor. Okay. Yeah. So that is, to me, that is very impressive. Now, trim line, you know, you, sometimes you get into these cars, they like to put a little trim line, you know, like whether it's bronze or silver or, you know, light gold. Trim lines, even though it's in plastic, has very nice quality feel to it. So if you run your fingers through it, you'll say, hey, these guys have not skimmed on, you know, this kind of quality. Same with your aircon vent um, adjustments, you know. Mm. Now, between your digital screen uh, in the center console and the gear shifter and the charging, there's a little panel. It's a digital panel, flat, predictive touch. That's your aircon controls. Okay, so that's another nice feature. So it's almost invincible for the first time. Only when you look at it properly, you'll notice it's there. So get in the car, you start the car, you get familiar with all the functions. Two powered seats, front seats are both powered. Some cars are only driver, this one you get both sides. You get a tilt and slide sunroof in this model. And when you start the car, there's a little function on the center console screen where all the functions are. There's a little icon there, it looks like a little robot. And it's constantly moving, it's constantly, it's almost like shivering. And that is your high cherry communication device. High cherry communication device. Or communication icon or whatever, you know? Okay. So while you're driving, if you just say, hi, cherry, she will answer back. So you can ask hi, cherry, to adjust your aircon, um, do your, your, your apps for you, um, 
you know, get your radio station, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, she's also learning as you go along. So she's learning how you speak, learning how you ask for things. So it's adaptable. So, for example, as time goes by, the owner of this cherry vehicle go, gets into another cherry vehicle, the, 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 the commands might be slightly different. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so very smart device, very, very interesting. But it's exactly what you get in the Proton X70 and X50. Ah, uh, I see. Remember they had high Proton? Yeah, 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 yeah. Similar. So China is leading in all this kind of technology. Of course, European car brands also have this feature. It's not new just to Chinese vehicles. But in a vehicle costing 118,000 ringgit, I say it's impressive to have this. Yeah. Okay? So we were driving the high spec, which is 118. The low spec is 10,000 less. The difference is a couple of safety features, the, the, the wheel rim size, the sunroof and the leather seats and everything else. But... The biggest difference would be the sunroof and, and the wheel size. The rest are all quite small. So I can see most people actually paying the extra 10000 Like I said before, you know, sometimes when you do over a seven-year loan, the difference in price is very small. Well, 10000 and 45000 difference, Daniel. Yeah, but you know, this is 118000 <laughs> and that was 255000 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, you get in the car, you test, you, 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 you know, you, you start it up, you, you got everything working. Now it's for the test drive. From word go, it's an easy car to drive. Very familiar, like driving any Japanese or any Korean SUV. Um, mm. your, 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 your angles, your seat comfort, everything is nice. It's when you pick up speed is when you realize how perky this engine is. Like I mentioned earlier, the engine is very perky. Engine is responsive. It doesn't hesitate. Okay? The only few things that we didn't like about this car. Number one, the steering doesn't have a very direct feel. It's not very communicative. Okay? Yeah. It's very light. Now, that's me. I like slightly heavier steerings. I like steerings that, you know, like, like go notch by notch. Mm. Uh, the younger generation, however, they love steerings like this because this is an effortless steering, okay? So I can understand the market conditions. That's fine. Number two, when you drive this car fast and you try and work it around a corner, it's saying, hey, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You know what I mean? Ah. Okay? It's not designed for you to go around corners fast. It is not a sports car. It may have the power delivery. It may, you know, uh, imply, hey, take me around the corner faster, but it's not for that. Mm, mm. Also, because it's a crossover, it's sitting a bit higher. It's not a sports car. Mm. Third thing, which is just me again, way too many safety features. What? (laughs) (laughs) Way too too many many safety features. Every time you're driving, ting, ting, tong, 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 ting, ting, tong, tong, ting, ting, tong, tong. That noise is coming. Now, People listening to the show, if you have driven any of the big European expensive SUVs and sedans, you'll understand exactly what I'm saying. You know, big cars today come with so many safety features, you know, blind spot monitoring, side monitoring, uh, you know, uh, weather monitoring, <laughs> rain monitoring, light monitoring, every kind of monitoring. So, you know, when you, when you, when you move out of your lane a little bit, it'll, it'll beep. A motorcycle coming on your left will beep. A car coming on your right will beep. A fly coming straight at you will beep. Too many sensors. That to me, if I own the car, I'll switch off some of it. Okay? Right. Yeah. But it's good for someone who wants safety features because it's got plenty. Mm. Okay? So it comes with a lot of safety features. Too long for me to mention. But if you're looking for a loaded car, yes, this is it. Now, I think that Japanese competitors have similar safety features. Similar. But they have ticked a little bit more. And they have ticked a little bit more simply because they want to say, 
we are above everybody else, not just in warranty, but in safety features. And all this for 118,000 ringgit. And it's a good looking thing, you know. It is. It is a very good looking car. Mm. Like I said, well, it looks a lot like the Lexus NX. Go and look at the Lexus NX, the current one, and you'll notice how similar they are. Mm. So, yay or nay then, Daniel? <sighs> I'll have to say yay. Ah. I'll have to say yay because, you know, I mean, I'll go through it again. 10.25-inch infotainment system ready for yeah. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Six-speaker yeah. Sony sound system. 10.25 digital instrument cluster. 64-color ambient lighting. LED direct, uh, daytime running lights. LED headlamps. Remote engine start. You know? A dual zone climate control. Uh, in terms of safety features, lane departure, blind spot, emergency lane, rear cross traffic, adaptive cruise control, front collision warning, autonomous emergency braking, headlamp automatic control, lane departure prevention, integrated cruise assist, traffic jam assist. What else do you need? A hmm. uh, warranty. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's a good looking vehicle. So when you, when you put all that together, the only yeah. thing that will hold, will hold you back is say, mm, uh, the brand. Ah, you know, yeah. uh, can I can I accept the brand? Can I expect the name? But you see, many years ago, when 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 Pro, when Geely took over Proton, people said Geely, who's Geely? Mm-hmm. Today, Geely is very good. When Aura Good Cat came, Aura Good Cat, what kind of name is this? Boom, selling well. Mm-hmm. And then when BYD came, what is BYD? Build your dreams. What does that mean? Boom, two thousand yeah. cars on the road. Yeah, yeah. So all that is changing. Put aside it the seems name. Like- it seems like a no-brainer. Yes, yes, yes. So in terms okay. of features, in terms of quality, they've got it right. In terms of driving dynamics, they've got it right for city commuters. You know, of course, you can go on highway. You can do 110 easily. No problem. You'll be safe and secure. But it's just not not something that, you know, the, the hard-edged driver might say they want, you know? All right. Uh, thanks for that then, Daniel. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. Okay, it's time for us to wrap up here on the show. But as usual, if you did miss any part of the show, go down to the podcast, wherever you normally get it from. We recommend the BFM app. That's in the uh, Apple App Store or Google Play. We spoke about Sherry's SUVs uh, quite a bit today. The Kia Niro. We had some global launches with the Hyundai Extra, the Peugeot 208, uh, the E version of that. And of course, a little bit of sad news uh, of uh, Peter Holbury wrapping up with that review of the Sherry Omada 5. We'll be back, of course, same time, same place next week here on Cruise Control on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.